Triple M footy lives on listener. Thanks to McDonald's and Ream Hot Water. Welcome to Triple M's Saturday Scrum. Yeah, good day, buddy. Lovely to have your company on a Saturday afternoon or pushing towards kickoff three o'clock. The Dolphins taking on Parramatta. And what a terrific group I sit amongst today. Ryan Girdler is here. Ben Teo is with us as well. Uh, Reedy, of course, my name is Tony Squires. Obviously, a week of uh, fabulous rugby league. If you're from Queensland or last night, if you're from the New Zealand Warriors, if you're a dragon from New South Wales, <laughs> isn't the cricket good? <laughs> Don't you love the cricket? What a result. Uh, welcome to you all. Benny, lovely to see you again. Thanks for having me back, guys. How, how did your little team go after we uh, we spoke a couple of weeks ago? You were on. Oh, we lost. Uh-huh. We lost. Yeah, we lost by a field goal. So, get another opportunity tomorrow. But it's a tough competition, the Queensland Cup. How'd you go last week? Yeah, we lost. Yeah, field goal. Now, were you on? You weren't on last week, were you? Yeah, yeah. You were on two weeks ago, were you? No, I was on last week, straight after not. the show. No, you weren't on last no, week. Two no, weeks. Two no, weeks. No, 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 Benny. But you had Felice come back for you last week, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. How was that? Yeah. How was that experience? Well, it was good, you know. I can't overcomplicate things with Felice. You know, he comes in, he's a rep player. I uh, just said to him, you know, you get an opportunity to come out here and have some fun, and he did. He played 60 minutes straight, scored a try, put a big shot on, you know, a Felice shot, and then that was it. Beautiful. Got him off. Wayne pulled him off, and that was it. I love the uh, the headline on Thursday morning because many people, obviously, in, in Queensland celebrating quite rightly and don't take nothing away. Reedy, obviously, you were super yeah, celebrating yeah. as well. What a great performance from... Uh, the Maroons in both Game 1 and Game 2, they quite rightly uh, retained that shield. And as we'll get to later on, Game 3, uh, as I've said before, we will be played in Newcastle uh, at Belmont, Belmont's Carl Oval as an exhibition game. <clears throat> I like the headline, the Daily Telegraph, though. They've gone with Our Origin Heroes on Thursday, Reedy, which is terrific. And it's a picture of the Australian cricket team. <laughs> yeah, you'll clutch everything, won't you, <laughs> exactly. blokes down here? With a little sidebar that says, Referees Blunders Ruin League, league Interstate Series. <laughs> <laughs> it's all part of the theatre of it, isn't it? it absolutely the interstate is. alliances. Look, before we get into details, and there's so much to talk about today, and there is breaking news on the Bent Hunt situation, which we are going to get to very, very briefly, Reedy. But... Mm. Uh, just in terms of nuts and bolts of the situation, what's going on injury-wise or anybody uh, up for the judiciary, uh, what's fines, what's happening? Well, the kind of origin, there are there obviously, obviously those high-profile mm-hmm. ones at the end of the game. Josh Adokar was fined for a punch. Reese Walsh and Jerome Lillo fined for the uh, the headbutts. But last night, there were a couple of significant ones out of last night. Well, one significant one. Marada Nia is looking at three to four games for a careless high tackle on... I think it was on Moses no, Sully. he is yeah. not, really. Yes, well, he's got form goods. It's his third offence. Yeah. So because of that, he's looking at three to four weeks. And Jack DeBellin got charged over two incidents, but um, he's only facing a fine over that, Jack. Don't, don't but, you get some kind of uh, leniency when it's your 200th game? If it's a milestone game, you're allowed well, one indiscretion. Well, fine. He's all right. Oh, he got yeah. two indiscretions. Gertz is happy about the Nia one. You know, oh, yeah, no, that? I even thought that was tough that he got Sinbin, to be honest, because, I mean, the, the attack had just dropped into him. I just don't know what he could have done other than get out of the way in that situation. Mm. Yeah, he, I, I, I felt sorry for him actually getting Sinbin. He might have previous form, but you can't, regardless of, you know, carryover points... You can't give a guy three to four weeks for that sort of tackle. Benny, did you see it? Yeah, I saw. I think it's similar to the one that Anthony Milford got sus- suspended for. It's, there's nothing malicious in it. He's just getting up, probably getting the height wrong, but it happens so quick. I, I don't feel like yeah, 10 minutes is enough. I don't feel like a guy should be sitting out for three weeks for that. If you get a guy coming over top with a swinging arm, I understand. But, you know, shoulder just a little bit high, 
top of the chest, bottom of the chin. Ball runner drop down yeah, into it as well. Ball runner dropping. It's hard to get those things right at the speed of the game. But, but that's just yeah, the system, isn't stuff. it? Because if yeah. you've got carryovers, if you've got form, it's going to affect now, It's not I, just that individual moment. I think that charge is pretty consistent with where they've been this year. If you make contact, even if it's inadvertent with the shoulder of the head, they've charged, charged blokes all year over that sort of stuff. So, mm. um, you know, I, he, obviously Neil Corey's had some – he sails a bit close to win Murata. Um, and that's what's hurt him here because without without the previous offences, he probably only gets a fine. The but consistency thing, I mean, where is it? All, all year we've been protecting the player's head, mm. very, very important. Yet Reuben Cotter and Origins allowed to reel out of a tackle, mm. wobble all over the place and doesn't even have an HIA. Don't know what you're talking about, Tone. Thought it was fine, Origin. <laughs> referee brilliantly. <laughs> what are you on about? <laughs> referee brilliantly. Uh, we are maybe going... the referee asked. Maybe the referee asked for his decision on that try. He went over to Ruben after he copped the knock and said, "Mate, was that forward?" <laughs> yeah. said, no, clear, and they just allowed it. Exactly. <laughs> what exactly. it seemed like. Give us a hint. Just a hint. What's the on Ben Hunt? There's something going on as we speak. There's a bit of movement, yeah, on Benny Hunt by the looks of it, and um, good strength in one club's premiership hopes, Tone. All Significantly. Right. Okay, we'll get into the detail of that next. Ryan Girdler, Bantia, Reedy, Tony Squires. Okay, Reedy, Ben Hunt was yeah. his last game of rugby league for St. George Illawarra last night in that loss to the Warriors. He's uh, obviously expressed that he wants mm. to release. He wants to release as soon as possible. There were several options seen to be floating around in the ether. Uh, everybody denying that there'd been any discussions because you're not allowed to be doing that terribly much. Uh, please explain from the NRL. Where are we at? Um, well, it feels like he's played his last game there, uh, um, Tone, and, and it looks like the, the latest story is Peter Bedell and Phil Rothfield have broken this story this morning that uh, um, the plan is for Ben to go to the Broncos for the rest of this year. They've got cap room. They can fit him. He would play hooker, I imagine, because they've obviously got Adam Reynolds and Ezra Mam in the halves. Uh, and then he would go to the Gold Coast, Gold Coast Titans at the start of next year, for the next two years or so. Obviously, this continues on in getting released from the Dragons, and I would imagine the Dragons will want um, some form of compensation in return, be it a player player or, or money or, or a combination of both. But it seems as though Ben Hunt has his heart set on leaving, um, and the Broncos gives him his best chance at winning a premiership right now. So it makes a lot of sense. And given Ben's stance on the whole thing and, and the public... Um, comments he's made, I'd be surprised if it, it doesn't happen. Yeah, no, it just seems so terrific, doesn't it? Uh, a bloke who's holding up the team that's at the bottom of the table going to the 10th at the top. <laughs> <laughs> really? Good outcome uh, Ben. Oh, let's tell you what. It just puts them in the box seat, doesn't it, boys? <laughs> you know, the Broncos on the back of, uh, you know, the addition of, of Benny Hunt. Like, I, I think... Um, you know they've got some uh, they've got some quality players around that area of the field as well. Like we've seen um, young Walters go really well, and Pakes has been doing a decent job. He seems to be a bit on the outer with Smoothie coming in, but does Kevy dump his son? Is that what we're looking at? Add here? someone. Well, you keep him in there because you probably run two dummy halves. But to add someone to the quality of of Ben Hunt, uh, Benny, who's looking for a premiership um, for the back end of the season in a roster like that, gee, it makes them hard to beat. Well, you know, I, always, I already had them as sort of guys that were going to go to the grand final. I thought that they've got the team for it. And if you looked at their side, um, no offence to Billy Walters, but you sort of looked at that hooking spot and you thought that's probably where they could improve and to go get the state of origin hooker. I mean, Benny Hunt, if he gets that deal done to do one year at the Broncos and two years down the Goldie, he is landing on his feet. Yeah, he's landing on his feet. But I agree with you, Reedy. It's it's done down there. You can just tell from his language, you know. He says, he said, I'm keen to get it sorted out and we'll get to the end of it. You know, he's already thinking this is the end. They asked him if he wants to change his mind and 
he give the honestly I'm not sure, mate, but he knows. And I think that picture of Kevy Walters up in Townsville for his three hundredth game, I think uh maybe the the seeds mm. have been planted a long time ago about yeah. this and maybe this has been that's um, a good point, Benny. In the, in the works for a long time. That's and a good Kevy's point. And Kevy's a smart guy. Yeah. You know, you know, Kevy's a smart guy. He would have seen that opportunity. He would have known about, yeah. you know, Benny's feelings. And uh, he, he made sure that he was on that plane to be there and show, <laughs> well, well, I love you, you, brother. I'm here for you. <laughs> <laughs> Wearing a 300th shirt. Uh, this How is they... a bloke who's already signed for two more years. You can't be doing that. I mean, Nicky Kevy can't on be doing that. On big money. And he had the opportunity ha- to leave at the end of last year because Gus Gould was fading him last year and... Mm. Um, he, he obviously decided to stay at the Dragons and, and sign that extension. And, you know, if I'm a Dragons fan, well, you are, Tone. I'd be really disappointed because he's your best player, he's your captain, and he's really pu- publicly – this has been played out so publicly. Yeah, yeah but they, you also need to think, Reedy, that he's mm. been there for five or so – what's he been there, five or six years? He's mm-hmm. the highest-paid player. He's made it really hard for them to, to recruit and bring other talented players into the, into the roster, and they haven't had any success. Yeah. So – Maybe it's time that, you know, he moved on. They got, they, you know, they freed up some funds. They've got a new coach coming in. They've got a couple of young guys coming through. I'm not saying Benny Hunt's been getting in the way, but maybe the Dragons need to look at it like there's an opportunity there to just to go in a different direction. Yeah, I think they need the divorce, and I think it benefits both parties, you know. I think he's frustrated in how things have gone down. He's frustrated with management. They've tried everything to make it work, but it hasn't, you know. They've been to marriage counselling, and it's time to... Finish it off. Yeah. I've been, I've been, I've been divorced twice. Beds. I've been divorced twice, <laughs> Benny, and uh, I didn't win out either. <laughs> I'm feeling very St. George of Laura right now. <laughs> They've got to at least the, the dra- dragons have got to at least walk away with. with from this with a perception of that a they've had a win of some kind. Yeah, yeah. Because if they fold yeah. and they just let him if go... If the win can be in the nothing. shape of Payne Haas, I'd be happy. Where does that compensation come from, though, Rudy? Does it come from the Broncos for their short-term gain or does it come from the Titans or is yeah. it a, just a combination of both? Well, it's, that's in, an interesting question, isn't it? I mean, that, that is a bit of a dilemma, but, but I'd imagine maybe a combination of both. Both, maybe they get mm. some, maybe some money or... or a player out of Brisbane, and then they get a more high-profile player out of the Gold Coast. That's saying this is done. We're going to speak with uh, Titan CEO Steve Mitchell very shortly, so he might have an insight as well. But can, can I just circle back just briefly on the logistics of, of this thing? I know that the NRL is what's asked, for, sent some please explain to yeah. a few clubs about the idea of them negotiating with the player who is under contract. Well, they sent one to Brisbane. Uh, yep. And Dave Donaghy, the CEO, I spoke to him yesterday, and Dave Nothing was, to see here. He was furious that they'd <laughs> send it to him and said, well, I, we haven't spoken to Ben Hunt. Yeah. Um, ben now, he could argue. <laughs> he could, Let me check your call logs. He, he could argue we're only, we, we, were, we, we were planning to talk to them on Sunday or Saturday, and, you know, they'd already got the, the, the email was sent Thursday from the salary cap order, order to, to the three Southeast Queensland clubs, so the Dolphins got one as well, and they've they've said they've got no interest in Ben Hunt. So I think they are a bit taken aback by it. I imagine it went to Canterbury as well because they they've been uh, pretty prominently linked with Ben Hunt. Um, it was just the salary cap order just saying we want all your notes of negotiation around this. We want to see them. Um, you know, and so then the clubs turn around and go, what need to do, boys, is get Billy Slater onto the case. He's some sort of forensic scientist, they say. <laughs> but what about, what about the Dolphins, Benny? I mean, you know, Ben Hunt wants to come back to, to his hometown of Brisbane and the Dolphins just haven't popped their head up at all. Well, they're saying, you know, like Reedy just said, they said that they weren't interested, but you know, I'm not too sure. Maybe there's some some stuff going on in the background because he, he'd be a great guy to yeah. come in. You know, so much experience. Young Katoa there. Yeah, young Katoa, Wayne's worked with him before. But it seems like 
from looking from the outside in that both the Broncos and Ben have their hearts set on this, don't they? Yeah, but even the Broncos for this year could still be the same way, but they could transit. He could transition. He's got to go to another club in Brisbane next year. So yeah. I don't know whether and, and why aren't the Broncos interested longer term, Reedy? Why is it just a stopgap? I'd imagine it's because Ben doesn't want to play hooker, and and they've got a halfback. A decent halfback and Adam Reynolds, who they're trying to extend at the moment. They've got young Ezra Mam, who's killing it at six, and they want to extend him as well. So I'd imagine it's purely because maybe Ben does doesn't want to play hooker for the rest of his career, and he can go to the Gold Coast and he can play in the halves. Mm. I must admit, I, 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 I was, I've got to say the other thing. I don't know. Is tone, is it, I, I mean, I know he good. wants a ring, but you know, going halfway through a season to a club that's yeah, leading the competition the and and playing a, a position you don't want to get a title. Yeah, I don't know. The other thing is, Gerds, with Benny Hunt, I reckon there's a financial cons- consideration of the Broncos because if you, if you remember, um, Payne Huss off contract in a year's time, and he, he's going to demand a significant salary cap rise. Ezra Mam needs more money. Reese Walsh is on um, a relatively well, small contract compared to who he is. So they've got yep. to keep some money aside. Now, if you're going to give yep. 900000 a season to Ben Hunt, something's mm. got to give. The thing is that, though, St. George, Illawarra, remember them? They're involved. Uh, <laughs> they need some... <laughs> Honestly, oh, uh, Am I coming across bitter and twisted? <laughs> <laughs> they need something, but they yeah. also need the time and the space to work out what that something is. Now, if Shane Flang is coming in, if he is talking to Ben Hunt on Monday, Monday. as all the discussion is, he's going to then want to think, well, y- y- we can't just lose you right now. You stay until we have worked this stuff yeah. out, till we know who's coming, till we know what our win is in They've the, got till August 7. They've got till well, August 7 to, 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 that's when the window closes. The ball's in their court. I'd hold out. Yeah. You know, I think, look, the thing with Benny, like you just said, they, the Dragons got to hold out until they get what they want. And what they want is maybe not around right now. And I think that they should just hold out because one thing I know about Ben Hunt is, yeah, he might be unhappy and, yeah, he wants to move, but if you just dig your heels in and say, mate, we need you to stick around for the rest of the season because none of these deals are going to work out for us, I guarantee you put him out on the field, maybe not last night, but he'll start playing well. He's got enough pride about himself that he'll play well for you. He can finish off the season. So I'm Dragons. I'm holding out. Yeah. He's an absolute pro. And I was really glad at Wollongong last night there wasn't the booing that was kind of talked about when he came out. And he is, Benny, you're absolutely right. He is that kind of Football mm. pro, isn't he? He arrived at 5 o'clock when they were supposed to arrive at 6.15. Or he gets himself ready after playing Origin on Wednesday night. He's one of those guys who is going to do the job. What do you do, if, though, if he digs in his heels and says, I want to go, go, and you say, no, you're not going, he goes, well, I'm not playing. You just sit him on the sidelines side and not playing? He, he wouldn't. Well, he's not playing. Well, so he's just injured. No, he's just saying, I'm not going to play. What if he decides to basically protest? Gordon, Gordon Teller style. Gordon Teller style for the rest of the year. You just sit oh, him. Oh, well. Dockers pay. Mm. But yeah, but there's going to be some kind of negotiation, isn't he? That, yeah. That's what he, he has. There has it won't to be come, look, it won't I don't think it'll come. It to won't that. come. To I, that, I think no. that's. I'm a just bit saying. Dramatic. It was just a, oh, yeah. I'm with you, Tony. I think Shane Flanagan needs to. You know, he'll get his head. He's been in these sort of situations before. He's been able to rebuild a roster. I'm sure he's probably skimming through a couple of different rosters now from other clubs that are potentially, you know, going to um, be Ben Hunt suitors and looking at players that could help his club. What does he need? I think that's what they need to get out of it. The Dragons, whether it's right now, whether yeah. it's the end of the year, um, uh, for. For, for Shane Flanagan, who's really well equipped to, you know, to handle this situation, he just needs to get his compensation, dust off the boys, probably spend a little bit more time down there. He's, he's obviously still got his um, his fingers in the pie at, at, at Manly, but I'm sure he's making a lot of calls and um, in, he's working his magic in the background. So he'll have a plan. They just need to stick with it 
stay together and execute it. Jason Ryle's got a big smile on his face at the moment. Just again. Didn't need dodge a bullet. <laughs> With that negotiation <laughs> stuff, though, it, it, apparently you're telling me it's okay as long as they don't induce them to yes. break a contract. So here's a contract at the moment, at the moment till the end of 2025. So yep. they, any club can talk to him about 2026. They can do whatever they want about they can they but they cannot talk to him, Ben Hunt, about him coming to their club next year. You're not allowed to do that. You can't. Mm. Um, you can't make offers, talk money, um, because that would be inducing him to break his contract. Right. That's right what you're not serviettes. allowed to do. Can you write on serviettes? Napkins? Slide across paper bags? Yeah, you, exactly. <laughs> you can go and change the calendar. So but that's ben, a silliness, right? Because yeah. that's ridiculous. the NRL comes to them and says, uh, 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 tell us what you're talking to Ben Hunt about. And they go, 2026. Oh, nothing to see here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we believe you. Fine. Uh, just check my honest notes that I've been taking. <laughs> yes, exactly. Let's get the, let, the liquid paper. Yes. Liquid paper. But Benny, you were right earlier. Let's just have a quick listen to what Ben Hunt had to say after the game last night. Yeah, oh, I'm keen to get it sorted out. Um, have a meeting with the club this week and we'll get to the end of it. Ben, is there a chance this is your last game for the Dragons? Oh, I honestly don't know, mate. Like I said, I have a meeting with the club this week sometime. How tough has the past six, seven days been for you? It's been a couple of tough days, a couple of really good days. It's a bit of a, the old roller coaster of rugby league, and, and tonight can bring you back down pretty quick. Do you understand that there's going to be criticism, fans are going to be upset, all that type of stuff, because you're, you're running up to it, obviously? Yeah, oh, I definitely get it, mate. I totally understand the fans are going to be disappointed now. We've got very passionate fans, and they love this club, and um, yeah, I'll keep turning it. How open minded are you about that meeting early next week, Ben? Do you feel like there's anything the Dragons can do to change your mind? Honestly, not sure, mate. They haven't had any communication about it. We just said we put it on the burner to back burner to after this game and we'll meet them. And if you do end up moving on, you work with them every day. How confident are you that that Barton Junior can you know, take this club forward for the next ten years? I'm really confident in those kids, mate. Like, we've seen glimpses of their talent and things that they can do. It's very special, and it's, it's going to take a, I think, a bit of maturity and you know, growing up and learning a bit more about the game. But they've definitely got it. Ben Hunt there last night after that loss for St George Illawarra, not sounding 100% like he's... Uh, <laughs> I'm honestly not it. sure, mate. Yeah. That's what he said. Yes. I'm honestly <laughs> not sure. Right. Check if my anyone notes. has to say I'm honest in, in the thing, then they're probably lying. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right, there it is. We'll follow that uh, across the afternoon. Tony Squires, Ryan Girdler, Brent Reid and Ben Teo with you. Uh, so much going on in the world of rugby league. Plenty of it centred around the beautiful Gold Coast and the Titans. Justin Holbrook no longer there with the coach's clipboard. Des Hasler is the man who will take that job. And we're now joined by the Titans CEO, Steve Mitchell. G'day, Steve. G'day, guys. How are you? Very, very well, thank you. Uh, you see the headline, you're happy to be moving into Disneyland. <laughs> I did like that. <laughs> they did. Yeah, it started already, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. talk, talk me through this. Uh, the way that uh, clubs are perceived and the actions they do, uh, you know, you can't really win, can you? Dragons have been criticised roundly for being too slow with uh, changing the coach. Uh, you guys went in the, in the dead of the night and happened very quickly without anybody knowing and kind of similar criticism. Yeah, I think it's important that we try and hold as much integrity as we can around it, uh, you know, a process like this. Justin Holbrook is a really good man, um, a good person, got a great family, and um, he's made a solid contribution to the club over three years. So these sort of conversations and this transition is a, a tough one for the community, for the club, and for everyone that's, you know, attached to, that, to the organisation. So we did our best to hold as much integrity around it as we possibly could. And, um, uh, you know, that 
not going to get that perfectly right, but we we, we try to do it as, as very best as we could after you know after a lot of consideration over time. Steve, uh, Brent Reid here, mate. Um, a lot of people were shocked. Uh, how are you, mate? A lot of people were shocked by this because you were in ninth spot when you made the decision. Now, it's a bit deceiving because you've had three buys. So, you know, if, if you took the buys out, out the table would look completely different. But to make a decision like this when, when the club's running ninth and still in finals contention, that sort of shows how concerned you were by results and how the teams played this year. Um, you made a big decision to keep them at the end of last year when there's a lot of pressure on. Why didn't you pull the trigger at the end of last year and why um, and how much thought went into this decision and, and, and um, over the, the past month, I guess? Well, I think they said it took two weeks to negotiate the deal with Des, so over the last two weeks. Yeah, it's a good question. And I think um, if anything it talks to the pragmatism around the process, um, we started, as you can all remember, last year there were four coaches that were probably, you know, one of the public domain and, you know, talk about who's going to be next. And we we spent a lot of time last year having a look at our footy program and the components of a high-performance program, what our squad looked like, and then the, you know, the, the, the tactical and the, and, the, and the mindset piece of the, the squad and where that's at. We think we've come a long way from a high-performance point of view. We think the squad is in good nick, and you'd, you'd have to say from a skill-based point of view that, you know, one of the most promising squads in the competition. We did a lot of work in around um, supporting the program uh, and to the uh, through those discussions last year, where, and um, you know, it was this last year was a disappointing year for us on the field, and we capitulated in, 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 in you know, numbers of times. But uh, to the board owners and you know, the, the, to their credit, in consultation, we went, we're going to do everything we can to support support Justin, and we're going to um, build as much resourcing around him as we possibly can, and, and move forward um, as opposed to react quickly. Um, and I would hasten to say that you know that has now. Well, and truly run its course, and you know, we started the year nice and gritty, and I think that was the back end of a really tough preseason. Uh, we weren't pretty, but we were winning games, and I think in the last four to five weeks, you'd say that we actually anything we were regressing back to where we were last year and giving up big leads, and, and we, you know, there was a collective decision that we literally weren't progressing, and we've got a promise, you know, to our stakeholders, fans, members, all our corporates in the region to, to win a premiership, and it was, um, you know, it was, it was I think everyone agreed that we weren't heading in that direction. And we've got a responsibility this, for these young men who are in our in our club, you know, to actually give them an environment that can help them be everything they can possibly be. Um, and we felt that we, we, we hadn't created that. Uh, and it was a long period of um, both um, support, consideration, and at the back end of a, you know, really at the back end of an exhausted performance clause. And, and we... We uh, we made it. We made a decision, and, and we were um, quite uh, fortunate. And sometimes time is everything. To have a, a coach of the ilk of Des Hasler sitting in the market, um, and um, you know, literally there to 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 talk to. I reached out to him a couple of weeks ago, as you mentioned, and but the five grand finals, one to you know, decades of coaching, and up to nine years without missing finals in some patches of his career. And we've been missing, uh, I think, um, you know, that that real tough. Uh, standards-driven, workaholic, you know, environment where we can really, you know, really stretch this group. And whoever stretches your life, that'll get you to a point where you achieve things you never could. And I think that's a, an element that we haven't had in the organisation uh, from a footy point of view. Um, and uh, I can't wait for Des to start. And I'm looking forward to more memes with Des's hair. <laughs> <laughs> 
That, that, that's um, Steve Ryan Gurley. Yeah, that answers my first question, why dares. The second question is, obviously, um, you know, uh, Justin's now free to leave. He's been released immediately. So does that allow dares uh, just some time now to get his feet under the desk? So how involved will he be in the back end of the Titans year? Yeah, he's he's been uh, just superb. He's got such a um, he really added due respect and just res- due respect to Justin. He he wanted to he didn't want to move uh, you know like quickly. He um, he has a great high regard for Justin as a person and as a coach. Um, but Des is obviously also um, you know very passionate about about the sport and, and the ability to come up and, and take take over the reins. So he he will um, he won't start officially until our preseason for twenty twenty four. Uh, but he he will be he'll be up and on the ground and getting to um, understand the staffing that we currently have and we're lucky we've got some really good resources and good people and he get to know the, the player roster um, and um, you know he's infectious when he talks about his passion his vision and what he wants to do that just sort of sets the place on fire so we're looking forward to him um, visiting over the coming months and, and getting started um, there's a, a number of us sort of did the same thing I was visiting the club for about three months before I got going and Des is keen to do the same thing so it'll be a It'll be a, a staged approach in. Steve, uh, Benny Tia here. Um, Mal Meninga sort of come hey. out in the media and talked about how he wasn't involved in the discussions and obviously his language suggested he was, he was pretty unhappy. Was that just something that the club, you know, needed to keep these discussions, they're quite delicate, very in-house and probably the less people that know about it, the better? Or is that, is that what your thoughts were about him not being involved in that process? <clears throat> Yeah, well, it's a you know it's a significant piece, and it's got governance issues around it. There's litigious parts to it as well, and it needs to be, in our mind, it needs to be you know, you know held very tightly and around the yeah. ownership, of the board, and the directors. And, and it was just that's the process. You know, it, it's not um, immaterial to you know to to move um, someone of you know, justice quality on, um, and in order to do that, and to make sure that we you know we were we held it tightly in the public domain, we we we. Uh, you know, we're in a position where we couldn't share that. And, yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that, that's, how we, that's, that's how that progressed, Ben. Steve, there are great parts of, of jobs like yours, I imagine, being so closely involved and controlling in, in a footy team. There are also some crap moments. How crap was that moment for you, that 9 o'clock in the morning with Justin Holbrook calling to your office? Uh, that's, they're, they're, they're awful moments. Um, you know, like, um, but... Uh, in saying that, you know, we, from an organisational point of view, the Gold Coast is one of the, you know, big, has some of the greatest promises in regard to emerging talent participation, both male and female. Uh, the, the sport on the Gold Coast is vibrant and uh, at all tiers from grassroots right through the State Cup and then further through to the um, NRL side and the NRLW side and then the other parts that we do, and they are due success. Um, we, as you know, they've had, we've had multiple cracks at the uh, at national franchises and the Titans are moving into their seventeenth season next year, and uh, and we're due, and uh, and we made a promise around um, you know landing a premiership, and that's about the people that support us and, and where we're at, and if we're short on that, then we need to amend it. So the conversation is an awful conversation because of the human, because of the human that's involved. Justin's a super bloke, um, but it's also about moving this business forward and, and delivering on what we've um, what we promised to our to our fans and to our community. Another delicate situation in the game at the moment is obviously the Ben Hunt situation. Are you guys watching that situation closely? Is there a chance that you had a chat to Des and how does he feel about potentially coaching a guy like Benny Hunt in 24? 
I haven't talked to Des about that. Um, there's a lot of news and the, there's a lot of obviously a lot of noise in the media at the moment. We 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 know the contractual you know obligations and laws of the NRL. We can't talk to Ben about his current contracted period, nor will we. Um, and uh, you know he's a great player. If he if he was to um, secure a release from St George, I think there'd be a dozen clubs talking to him. So um, because of his form and, and what he does from a leadership role on the field. So uh, until that point. We, you know, we, we, we can't do anything. Yeah, but this is just between you and me, Steve, obviously. I'm a Dragons yeah. fan. Anybody yeah. you got up there, you can give me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was, last year, I could have said I've got a couple, but I'm pretty happy with this one. <laughs> hey, Steve, can I, can I follow up on that? I mean, obviously, there's talk about yeah, compensation we, if Ben does go. I, I know you're saying you haven't thought about it, but the other idea of potentially giving up players or, or money to secure a player like Ben Hunt, um, I, I assume that would be a consideration for you, yes? Oh, it's a distraction, to be honest, Brady. I've mm. internally just uh, stopped all the talk about it because we need to get on with what we're doing. We've got, a very, we've got a very skilled young group of players here that are coming through. It's complemented by the likes of, you know, Kieran Foran and Isaac Lee are at the front, and you've got Tanner Boyd sitting there, you've got JC and Jaden sitting behind it, and we've got some wonderful speed, young kids outside, and they need to be led, and they need to be, you know, brought forward. Um, so we, the, the Ben Hunt conversation for me with us needs to stop. We need to get back to work. We've got the Bronx on Sunday, and we need to focus on the remaining half of this year, given the week that we've had. So um, not entertaining any chat about Ben Hunt. We need to get around doing what we're supposed to do. Hey, Steve, are you ready for the madness of Des? Uh, look, I am. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I really am. I think the thing about Des is, he's, if anything, he's a man of high integrity uh, outside of the, you know, the madness and the, and, and the absolute um, workaholic attitude, which which I'm really looking forward to. Um, I'm looking forward to working with a bloke who, who beats you to work every day and, and literally stays in, probably sleeps there overnight. Um, and, and, I, and, and our young player group, I think that this will take them to... That, that, I think Des has got the, the the ability to bring more out of these players than they even know they have, and they're already, you know, uh, ex- unbelievably skillful. But but we lack in regard to um, tenacity and the and resilience and the you know the ability to stop side scoring. And I think Des will just drum that through us. Um, and then I, I think at the back end of a couple of years of that, uh, and I, I think if he can leave that DA, DNA behind the club. Uh, later, you know, we get through his three-year contract and he extends great. But um, that will be that will be a significant transition for a Gold Coast side. I don't think we've had that since the early days of the Titans when, you know, Anthony Lafranchi and Preston and Prince were there. We haven't had that toughness in us. And if, if Des can bring that, and I'm, I don't know, he can, then that's extraordinary for the, for the, for the club and the belief in its club and, and belief in the community. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I really I you, can't you, wait for you, to start. You've got a guy up there that knows a little bit about the, uh, the coach, Kieran Foran. Did you consult with him at all before you made the decision? I didn't really chat with Boz. It was, I just knew that Des was in the market and, um, and, it, and it was a really unique time. Actually, you know, to have him sitting there and to have no one else in the market sort of courting him, it was just a... It was just a great opportunity, so I reached out and he took my phone call, which I was really happy about. <laughs> All right, Steve Mitchell, uh, really appreciate your time. Uh, enjoy the next little bit of the ride. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. There, Thanks, is, guys. there is Titan CEO Steve Mitchell. It's going to be interesting times, isn't it? Crazy. Well, he's an interesting man. I actually spoke to him uh, 
Yesterday I sent him a text because the last time I'd spoken to him we had a bit of a barney because I we were writing stories about how he'd fallen out of Manly. Brent Reed, you were telling us that your little most recent contact with Des Hasler, who, as we know, we've just spoken to Steve Mitchell, the Titans CEO, is heading uh, to the Titans as coach for next year. What what, what was the going on? What was yeah, the so fracas about? Well, the last time we spoke was um, when all the Manly stuff was unfolding. We'd done a big deep dive, dive mm-hmm. into all the issues at Manly. We'd rung a few people, a few players, and I think Des felt like it was a hatchet job, which it yeah. wasn't. It was just telling the story about it mm. behind Manly and how it was unravelling there, which it did in the end. Anyway, so I sent him a text yesterday just saying, great to have you back, back Des. Uh, I know we've had our issues in the past, but, um, you know, I'm really happy for you. And he rang me and he said, uh, oh, Brent, uh, what issues have we ever had? And I thought... This is your impression? Yeah, okay. it was a bad, that's a bad one, isn't it? <laughs> Anyway, he was really good, and, and I am really happy to see him back because he's a cracking bloke. Yeah. And the game's better when Des is in it because he's entertaining. He is absolutely all of that. And he's, 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 a, he's a good fella, so I'm really happy for him. I'm really happy he's back. We've heard Gerds, uh, uh, what the Titan CEO wants Des to bring. What, what does he bring? Well, he's got that sort of uncompromising nature, you know, like he, he coaches the way that he played. You know, he's all effort-based. Um, I think sometimes, um, you know, with the success he had at Manly, um, he works to the roster really well that that he has. So I remember when he sort of um, he changed the game. I thought when he it, and he was at the uh, Bulldogs and he had you know James Graham and Co sort of running in that number thirteen and then passing out the back of shape. They had a lot of success with that. So um, yeah, he's he's just a guy that's always thinking about the game. Uh, the guys will get a lot of knowledge off him. They'll get a lot of discipline off him. I think he's going to give the owners a, a um, you know, a few a few de- decent battles in the boardroom as well. You know, he's a big personality. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to be a fun ride. Well, what about that? The decision they've been. I mean, we, as you mentioned, Reedy, the fact that they are sitting not too badly on the mm-hmm. table as we speak for that call to come then. For it to happen seemingly, as you asked the question yeah. of Steve Mitchell about Mal Meninga, a, an advisor to the club, very senior man in the game, not knowing anything about it. Yeah, I think they would have looked at the last two seasons and then really put in this season the fact that we need to see improvement in those areas like defence. And to be honest, this year the Titans have been so up and down, I think they just, yeah, Steve just said it. There was someone like Des, he was on the market and he saw an opportunity and within two weeks they've made this call. And I think sometimes within sport or business, you see an opportunity and, and you've got to take it. So I think, yeah, he's looking forward to all those things that Des brings, like that work ethic. You know, he's a mad scientist. He's always thinking about the game and how he can make it better and he wants to be with the trends. And I think it will be good with them. Um, and the fact that he's got a lot of young talent coming through. So that's one thing you can say about Justin Holbrook and the guys that have been there. There's a massive production line of great juniors coming through. The, finally, the Titans have got their pathway sorted. They have the two best schools down there in Palm Beach, Crumman and Kiebra Park High School. They get all the kids. The kids stay on the Gold Coast. So there's going to be plenty of talent and athletes coming through for Des Hasler. Steve made a reference during that interview. Um, to It was performance-related related. He said, uh, I don't, don't know if you use the word performance clauses, but he spoke about performance. And I know there were some clauses in um, Ju- Justin's Holbrook related to perform performance. Uh, and the cl- club was able to act if those clauses weren't met. And it's my understanding they weren't met. So, um, you know, th- they put them in, I think, I, I'm, I'm not sure it was whether it was at the end of last year when there was talk about his job and they put some clauses in to say, well, you know, you can keep your job, but you've got to reach this 
this level and he hasn't reached that level and that left him vulnerable. And as I said, the, the tables deceive him because they are ninth but they've had three buys. And if you take the buys out, I think they're fifth, 14th or something. So you, the table's not really reflective yeah. of where they are and where they've been this season. Yeah. Well, he won a Super League title, Justin Holbrook. Does he sit back? Will there be another opportunity for him down the track? Well, I think he'll probably go to England and maybe rebuild over there. I mean, he's pretty highly thought of over there. You said he won a Super League title, so... Um, that's the logical thing. Go over, go over there, rebuild yourself, and then come back, and there'll be another chance here. I, I don't think you'd want to be an assistant coach straight away. And you can probably see too, Benny, that the fact that you know the way that they attack and and the flair and the focus for the Titans over the last couple of years has all been around scoring points. You know, shifting yeah. from their own end and then defending errors and that. Just I'm not saying it's never been a priority, but they've really never just had that as part of their DNA. And I think that's what they're trying to change. Great attacking side can yeah. score points from anywhere. But as soon as they make an error on the back of, you know, that that um, entertaining style that they play, they just give up points way too easily. Yeah, over the last two years, just calling their games, just seeing the way that they shift the ball and some of the attack is beautiful, you know. But like you said, when the tables turn, you know, they could never really handle those momentum swings and he's known as an attacking coach. So I'm, I'm not too sure whether he goes back to England. I feel like... You know, once you go over there and he's had his success, he's almost ticked that box. Like, what, what's there to do to go back there and try and get back into a big club? If I was him, I'd be trying to get on with, you know, a place I've been before with, like, the Roosters. You know, dragons. Get, get the Dragons. Get in there, yeah. you know, be their assistant, and he's got a lot to bring in that attacking sense. Yeah. But as we know now, you know, defence wins championships. So that's just how it works, and you'd know about that, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, for the Titans, of course, it is Des Hasler. Fasten your seatbelts. Brian Girdler, Brent Reed, Ben Tio, Tony Squires, and time for a bit of this action. Welcome to Tony's Spotting Quiz. Yeah. All right. I, I thought I'd go theme. I'd theme it up a bit this time. Uh, and we're talking about Ben Hunt. Uh, and he's seeking a release from the Dragons, that story, huge story. So I thought I'd go down this path. Oh, please, yeah. Release oh, releases. It's releases. Oh, I like it. Oh, How okay. good is that? Yeah. <laughs> How good is that? So, you got theme music for, for the, your I've theme. Read, I've got a theme, then I've got a theme music. Oh, I, see, I've been here hours before yeah, we got on today. It. I've done a lot of work. Mm. Here, so I'm the Ben Hunt of this radio program. <laughs> uh, all right, so very simple. Do you want to release? Do you want to go somewhere else? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to go to 4 BC and Queen? Everyone happy, Tony? <laughs> what have we done? Uh, absolutely nothing. Mm. Uh, all right, so this is a very, very simple question. So it's going to depend on the speed on the buzzer. Those will be your names. Test them for me, please. Skipper. Ready. Okay, we're all ready to go. Question number one. Who fled to France to be released by the ball? Yes, Reedy. Sonny Bill. Sonny Bill Williams went to Toulon in 2008, 18 months into a five-year contract. Wow. Yeah. Who was released from the Sharks to have a crack at NFL? Skipper. Yes, Skipper. Andrew Fafita. Ready. Bell Holmes. Yes. See, the end of the video. Mate, I knew that. I was just shocked by your answer. Yeah. It threw me off. I can't believe it. Valentine Holmes is correct. Uh, what club did Joey Tarpanay uh, gain release from to join Canberra? Tio. Oh, yes. You go, Ben. Who got it? Newcastle Knights. Yeah. Newcastle Knights is, is correct. Thanks, Reedy. He was That's left right, out of the mate. team photograph in 2016. <laughs> I wasn't happy about it. <laughs> it's Ma- the little things. Yeah, it is the little things. <laughs> uh, what's the theme again? Can you just uh, play that? Just make remind oh, people? Please. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, is that Elvis? That's Elvis. That's Elvis. Yeah. Oh. That's Elvis. 
should have released on a Saturday morning. <laughs> Manly released a 278-game club hero to go to the Eels in 2015. Yeah. Skipper. Yes, Ben. Foreign? N- incorrect. Watmau. Correct. Anthony oh, Watmau is correct. I see chuck all the time. Uh, do you? Yeah. And yet you still didn't know that. Suck on that, big boy. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Huh? Uh, have a listen and tell me what movie is this released from? Um, would you have me release? Police Washer! Yeah. Oh, Skipper. Oh. <laughs> the Life of Brian. Police oh. <laughs> Washer, it is correct. The Life of Brian. Uh, Gordon Tallis sat out which seat? Skipper. Yes, Reedy. It was 1997. Boo. Yes, Skipper. No, no. What year did he sit out after seeking that release from St. George? 96. Correct, oh. it is 1996. Uh, and finally, a big run. in 1994, Michael Jordan shocked the world by leaving basketball to do what? Tio. Yes, Ben. Oh. Baseball. Played baseball mm. is absolutely correct. Uh, I think quizzes were the I think the quiz master Always. was the winner Always. on the evening. Uh, <laughs> thank you, boys. Tony Squires, Ryan Girdler, Brent Reed, and Ben Tia with you on the Saturday afternoon, heading towards kickoff. Three o'clock, the Dolphins taking on Parramatta. This hour, we are going to dig a little deeper into State of Origin to Queensland, are uh, the well deserved winners of that trophy. We'll get to that in a, in a oh, minute. I got lucky. Yeah, you get lucky. <laughs> I think last time Benny was on, Gerds, you were talking about the story. About selling the story in terms yeah. of a way to motivate and get a team together and, and rally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess you've had different methods while you were playing State of Origin that are, that were you know used. Yeah, some motivational speeches, Tone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. when um, when when Junior Pierce first came on the scene in the late nineties, um, there was a time that um, we were a couple of hours just before going to get on the bus, and you used to have like a pre-bus meeting. Mm-hmm. And you'd sit around in a circle and then Junior would sort of get up and say something and then on a couple of occasions he'd bring like a special guest. Ah. One times I think it was, um, I think Russell might have came in once and, and Jimmy Barnes was in there once and oh, he sang yeah. Working Class Man. Like That's wasn't cool. that relevant at the time but Pretty it was like game. a free little concert, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, so we're sitting in the chairs. But this one day to top it all off, uh, we're all pumped up, getting ready to go on the bus and sitting in the circle and Bob Carr stands up. Bob Carr, the Premier. Remember, yeah. he's a big guy. Yeah, like rugby league six. <laughs> Yeah, like, a, like an imposing sort of figure. Yep. Sort of gets up and eyeballs everyone in the middle of the circle, starts walking around and saying, you know, this is what it means to the state and the regional areas and we're behind you and gave this speech and had us all just on the edge of our seats, like just ready to get up <laughs> and charge onto that bus. And at the end of it, there was this long pause and he stood there. And then he said... Now, boys, go and give it to those bloody Victorians. <laughs> <laughs> what a disaster. <laughs> what a disaster. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. Uh, the loss oh, was right. assured. Yeah, sorry, I didn't know you, you were having concerts before the game. <laughs> yeah, hey? little, yeah, that's little, unbelievable. Yeah, Maybe that's the problem. You've got to get that I think back. we won. Uh, yeah, we you, won you on would, the back of Jimmy. Yeah, oh, yeah. you got to get in some live music. Over. Who did they bring in? <laughs> I love it. Shannon Noel. Shannon, well, they did. He was there, wasn't he? Went tonight, didn't, didn't go 100%. <laughs> Queensland, 32, New South Wales, 6. It was the game. We talked about the story. We talked about how difficult it was going to be. A little slice of history needed to be made by the New South Wales Blues going to Suncorp Stadium, game two, to save uh, the series. Didn't happen. We started to go wrong very early with Tommy Turbo. But let's concentrate first on the winners because I think they deserve that respect. Uh, Queensland, too good 
uh, in both games. Benny Tia, what did they get so right? Well, I think, uh, you know, for a starter, like we, what Gerd's talked about is that story and buying into the mantra. They've got all these sayings that they all are buying into and it seems like they're all on the same page. The second thing I'd say is, you know, when you've got a small amount of time to prepare, it's only 10 days. I think they just really went in all in on those small effort areas. And, you know, speaking of people who know people in the campers, that's what it was about. It's a real simple camp. It's talking about all the effort areas, about getting in line. If they, if the Blues make a break against them, that they're going to have more jerseys there, and they just smashed into that. And you can tell the way that they defended their line, right, and just turned those momentum swings. And New South Wales, you, you could see a couple of times when there was kicks to be contested, there was more Maroon jerseys, wasn't there? Yeah. And, and that's the thing that they've all bought into. They believe it. I thought New South Wales were brave at the start. They hung in there. But then after a while, the job was just too hard. You just weren't going to beat Queensland. You talk about those effort areas. I guess it was encapsulated fairly early with the chase from oh. Daly Cherry Evans mm. on Stephen Crichton. And, and when you looked around, it wasn't just him. He made that effort, but there were other Maroon jerseys yeah. you know, coming in. And that sort of became symptomatic of the series. Because if you remember in Origin 1, one of the big talking points after the game, game was that Lindsay Collins catch off the bomb when the, there were Queenslanders everywhere. And the New South Wales blokes just stood there and watched on. And it was a bit like that moment. You look at that image uh, when Daly scrags him and brings him into the ground. There's about eight Queenslanders, Queenslanders in the shot. And there's like two New South Welshmen. And I think that was sort of um, symptoma- symptomatic of the desire and the effort. There was more desire and effort. for. I think it always, for me, it always starts with getting your team right. And New South Wales got their team wrong in game one. And and I feel a bit for Freddie in game two because he made a change um, Went with two hookers and loses his centre. You can't, you know. So they got their selections either through their own fault in game one or through poor fortune in game two. They got them wrong. Queensland got them right. The changes they made from game one to game two, they work like a treat. So that's where I think it starts for me. And obviously, you know, I think Billy's just a very smart coach. He's done a really good job. Yeah, I think sometimes, yeah, you, you plan to have two hookers and you've got an understanding or a, a thought process of how you're going to play and then you lose a centre. Yeah, fair enough, that's bad luck. But Queensland have had their fair share of bad luck too, haven't they? Mm-hmm. And, and that somehow, if that was the shoe on the other foot, I think they would have made that work and they would have rallied to that, right? Yeah. It would have had Ben Hunt in the centres. and, and they, well, they did in game one they, for they, a limited yeah, amount of time. They've had Cape Will there over the past. They would have figured it out, yeah. you know, and I just don't think you ever would have heard them talk about, oh, we, we lost someone, but that's, yeah. that's the narrative at the moment. But end of the day, there was just too much effort and energy from Queensland. And, and, and you look at, you know, Damien Cook and they sort of put him out there for his speed and he got put in a, a couple of uncomfortable situations that any centre that Reese Walsh comes up out of the back of shape is going to struggle with. Whether whether it was Isaiah Yeo, whether it was Cameron Murray, there was, I think, two tries scored out on that right-hand side, left edge defensively for New South Wales. And it was through, you know, as I said before, like Munster, the experience of, of, of a couple of origin combination halves that just know their way around the field at that level, coming together on the back of a little bit of momentum, they didn't have many opportunities, and icing the play and getting... getting, And I think the secret for, for Queensland, the simplicity, obviously, that Benny spoke about, but, you know, you don't need a lot of set pieces. You don't need, you know, a, 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 a lot of strategy going into these games. You actually, you've got the best players, you know, in the state out there. Sometimes you just need to create some momentum for them and give them the football, and I think that's what Queensland did better than New South Wales. We continually got in each other's road. 
the amount of time I've never seen an origin game where we've had guys always trying to set the line and get out the back of shape and having to stop because that combination that hasn't been able to be worked on long enough because of the limited amount of preparation time just stands out the back and then Queensland just come and, and take yeah. that player down, which ruins the whole set because then it's a dominant tackle, it's a slow play of the ball, you end up nowhere. Um, and I think that was just the story of New South Wales night. We just overcomplicated things. Certainly the uh, touch judge uh, undercomplicated things, <laughs> deciding... Uh, line ball, Tone. Line, line ball. ball. Yeah, well, if you draw that line from, uh, you know, the 19-metre <laughs> yeah. mark to the 23-metre mark, that's <laughs> yeah. certainly that's the line. Luckily, the line. Can I get back but, to Daly yeah. Cherry Evans? He has been unbelievable. Yeah. Not, not just this year, the past couple of years. For a guy who, for a long time, basically had his cards marked or seen yeah. as though his cards are marked, um, and you know, I went in the kangaroo tour with him last year, and I th- think he was really unlucky to lose his Australian jersey, actually, because I don't think Nathan played the house down over there. And I thought Daly, um, you know, he's really um, professional the way he handled it. But I'd say, well, if you pick an Australian te- team nah. based on origin, Daly has to be your halfback. He has to be. Well, you can't split that halves combination. Yeah. I mean, they, everyone spoke. Daly's performance the other night was exceptional, but Cam Munster... And the amount of work that he got through, and I was watching. He him was sick as a dog too, Gerds, that day. He was sick as a dog that morning. Mate, they had it. They had a stat up at around half time, um, um, on our screen, and I think thirty-two minutes into the game, and he'd run over seven k's, and there was only one player, and I think it was maybe Tedesco, a fullback, that was uh, up there around him as well. But he was just even defensively when they weren't attacking his side. You could just see him just sort of covering. Yeah, Did you tra- see that? Yeah, he tracking around the back. He wasn't. Yeah. It's not even his role. But you know, guys just going above. You know what they what they actually needed the output that they needed to give just to make sure that you know the game was where it needed to be. And you always see too when they come back to halfway. He he's the one talking. He's the one with the passion and and the aggression and telling them what they need to do. And he's the one with the most effort. He's the one coming up with the big play. So when you've got a leader who's your best player, and then he's inspiring you on the field as well. I mean, it's a, it's a hard combination to stop. It obviously messes with your head. I I, I assume the the turbo thing. And I know you know you've got to cope. That's what happens in rugby league games. Players get a, you know get injured and off they go so early in the piece for Tommy Turbo to go down with, a, you know, that serious injury. And what, what really just catches up again, he's out for the for, forever. The, yeah, he saw a specialist. He had scans on Thursday, uh, saw the specialist, specialist yesterday afternoon, uh, and he's got to have surgeries out for the rest of the year. Tommy. Mm-hmm. So devastating for Manly. Yeah. Yep. But devastating for the for the team when it happens, Gerds? Oh, yeah, especially when you, you know, it's... It's always the way, isn't it? You don't take cover for outside backs and in the opening couple of minutes, um, you know, an outside back goes down. So, but but as Benny spoke about before, I mean, things like that happen and you need to be sort of prepared. Um, and I just, don't, I still don't, I, I, there's some reasons there you can go to. The forward pass, maybe that Val Holmes try might not have been a try. Tommy goes down. But they're just all origin storylines. And yeah. some some teams are able to overcome those storylines and, and some some teams become the victim of those storylines. And the other night, and I think for a lot of the games, you know, in, it, lately, I think we've lost five of the last six games, you know, there's been that, we've been the victim of some of the things that have happened to us and we haven't been able to overcome and that's been the difference. All right, we're gonna get, in a little later, we'll talk about uh, what next for New South Wales. But of those players, I mean, Mitch Moses came back in, obviously that was that was the big change uh, that was brought on and needed. Also, Reese Robson, as you said, he had to play the 80 minutes, but... Look good for a first-time uh, Origin star. 
is exceptional. Yeah, I just I thought it was a little bit strange that they went away from that, putting a guy on Debu and then having a guy to come on and replace him at the back end of the half. Just you know, because it takes a while to adjust to the the speed of. Uh, and the intensity of origin. Um, and then I can only imagine what went through his head when he saw Damien Cook playing oh, in the setters. Yeah. But, you know, again, he was just a guy that was able to overcome that situation and just put his best foot forward all night for New South Wales. He'll play plenty of origins. Yeah, he's an origin-like player, isn't he? I think some of those guys just come in and they can really pull together and he's an effort-based player. Um, but like you said, he he wouldn't imagine that his, his origin debut is going to have to go that long. So I think that would have been a bit of a challenge for him and it maybe spooked him a bit. Um, but I think sometimes too, you know, when a guy like Turbo goes down, like if you're a player on the field, sometimes you don't even understand what's just happened. You wouldn't know till halftime in terms of mm. you're a middle forward, you just got your head stuck in the ruck, it's a washing machine in there. If you're on the other side, you just got to get in there and do your job. So I don't think it's like a, a psychological thing that everyone goes, oh, t- you know, Turbo's off, we're gone. You know, I don't think they would have thought like that. Mitch Moses, his performance first half was good yeah. too. Yeah. I thought he had a red up game, Mitch. I didn't, didn't think he uh, embarrassed himself or let New South Wales down. So obviously got to pick a team for game three. Um, and I think he's done enough to to keep his spot, Mitch. And Luai? Um, I feel a bit for Jerome. I, you know, I, I, I'd keep him, actually. I'd keep Jerome. But, yeah. I, but I'd like to see Nico play, so I don't know how that works. Someone's got to miss out of the three of them, I suppose, unless you have Nico on the bench. But I don't think you... I think Jerome deserves to keep his spot. NETO, Ryan Girdler, Brent Reid, Tony Squires with you. I don't know whether they're the same thing or, or not or two separate things, what happens to New South Wales now. What happens to New South Wales before Game 3? What do they hope to achieve out of Game 3? Is it just to win some kind of retribution in that regard? Or is it with a view to the future and next year, uh, Brad Fittler's role, is it just for this last one? Is that it? Uh, does he walk away? Really? Where do you think we are and which way is New South Wales going to go? I don't think Freddie will be there, whether he walks or whether they make the decision for him. I don't know how that'll play out, but I, I don't think Freddie, He's lost five of his last six Origin games. Now, he's won three series and lost three in charge in New South Wales, but he's lost five of his last six games, which is, you know, that's a horrendous record. And they look, they've looked sort of bereft of answers in this, this series. So, look, I mean, I think that he's done an amazing job, Freddie. And we, that should never be forgotten, the job he's done for, for rugby league in this state this state, and if there's a way you could keep him on doing that role he does, but someone else coached the team, I think that's the ideal scenario. I don't know know whether that's possible, but I don't think New New South Wales as a state, a rugby league state, can afford to lose Freddie because of what he does in the community and uh, and the positive impact he has in the community. So hopefully he stays in some role, but I just think the time's come where the coaching needs to change. Uh, I I I think also, Rudy, that, you know, there's – seems to have a little bit of a shelf life when you're a representative yeah. coach. You don't have a lot of time to build those relationships. You need to make some pretty harsh calls at times. And um, and I just think sometimes that can come back to bite you. So uh, the re- the, I think the reaction Freddie got from the guys when he first went in there uh, was probably different than the one that he's getting now, just based on the time that he spent with some guys, the decisions he's had to make through that. Some guys he's probably had a, a great relationship that he's been able to massage and he's had the time with. And some guys... You know that he, that he might have had to drop and brought back in, and and some guys obviously are connected at different clubs, and they have discussions in the back. So I think, you know, having a, 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 um, um, a, a being a coach at a representative level for a long period of time would be a really difficult thing to manage. 
uh, in relation to your relationships with the guys that you're bringing in and out of the squad. Who, who fits that role, though? Like I heard you say the other day, who's the next option? Is there anyone better? And, you know, hearing from... Yeah, Steve Mitchell earlier from the Titans, he, he saw someone who they thought was better, so they jumped on it. But mm. I'm not seeing, you know, any of the names thrown out there that I, that jump out to me like Freddie does. What do you think, Reedy? Well, I think there, I, I, there's obviously options. I mean, Ricky's been thrown up, but Ricky's got a, he's a, coach, he's got a club job. I think that'd be too difficult. Mick Ennis mm. is one I've thrown up. because Mick's got, obviously got a role in the media. Uh, he's got some experience as a coach. And I think if Mick... Um, did the job and surrounded himself with the right people. I think that's really important. Whoever does it needs to have the right people around them. I think Freddie's, Freddie's maybe not got that right in the last couple of years. He had Fitzy early on. I think uh, uh, they've lost their way a little bit in that respect. Um, I think Mick's a guy who could do the job. Matt, Michael Maguire's down in Canberra. I think Michael is assistant coach to Ricky. I mean, if Ricky doesn't do it, maybe Madge comes in the mix. I think um, he's a guy. I'll tell you one guy who won't do it, and I checked this yesterday, um, Matt Johns threw up Craig Bellamy's name. And I thought that was a really good idea because I think Craig's got unfinished finished business with Origin. Um, but I checked yesterday and Craig won't do it while he's a club coach. You can put a line through Craig Bellamy. And I think Matty ruled himself out yesterday as well. Um, but, you know, there's a couple of guys, a couple of options. Ennis, Madge. While he's a, a club coach, mm. you're saying. So yes. if he, he's, he's extended, obviously, he's going to coach he's got the what? Storm next yep. year. Yep. So beyond that, he may well beyond be. Beyond that, yeah. yeah. And I would love to see him do it again because I think – I th- as I said, I think he's got unfinished business as an origin coach. It didn't work out last time he did it. Um, and it'd be great theatre, Craig going up against Billy and uh, against yeah. those Melbourne Storm players. Um, and, you know, I think Freddie's got to make changes in this third game. Yeah, well, he has yeah, to. they got flogged, well, he does, right? but, so, so what's – but his motivation clearly is, is to win the game of, of rugby league. So, it's, But does he think about – next year and this whole, you know, let's get the young kids in, let's do whatever it is. Is that the way he goes or he just, you know, picks the team that he thinks beats Queensland in a couple of Wednesdays' time? Well, I think there's some young guys who've been knocking on the door. Campbell Graham, uh, Keon Kalamatongi. Um, I think Dylan Edwards maybe deserves a chance now. I don't know how you get him in because I don't think you can drop James Tedesco. Yeah. So maybe Dylan Edwards plays off the wing or as a 14. I think he's got to pick Nico Hines. Um, you know, there's, there's, some, there's some immediate names I, I think – should be in the mix. Yeah, good. Yeah, I think I think if you know what you're looking for, there's those players out there, you know. And I think sometimes those Origin players that are going to come in and fit your culture and fit what you want, they're not always those superstars. And Queensland showed in in their long reign that they used to pick players that were just honest, tough footballers. You know, Jacob Lillymans and mm-hmm. Nate Miles and these type of guys that came in. And and I think a guy who's a great player is someone like Tavita Totola. I just, for me, he looks like a player that he would come in, he would buy into everything you want to do. He's got effort. He's mm. got size. Yeah, there's those type of players that are out there and they're playing good footy. And we spoke about what was the difference between Queensland all right, and New South Wales and it was those effort areas. And I think there's plenty of those players yeah. out there. And I think it's not just the players coming in. I think sometimes they need to look at, you know, they probably need to look at that whole environment. Like, personally, I'd like to see him show some of the carry-on you know, show a little bit more humility as into some of the individuals there, connect a little bit more with the community and the state 
and 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 understand really the honour and the privilege it is to represent the people because it's not an individual accolade, state of origin. It's actually coming in for a greater cause and just making sure that that's really well understood. And and yeah, and and, and I think you need to look at the areas that we've been failing, and that's our attack. I think our forwards have been doing a pretty good job. We've been, you know, dominating um, field position. You know, been winning the battle through the middle. Um, but we haven't been able to convert. So what are those key areas? Well, the halves, the fullback, uh, and the dummy half. So I, I feel like there needs to be some change in some of those areas, and I reckon there's guys out there like Matty Burton and Edwards, Kalamatangi, Graham. I think they're guys that are, have been knocking on the door, and, and, and I, w- I kind of feel like um, going into that last game, it is about opportunity. You know, I, I would rather give guys an opportunity and lose three zip than pick the same guys and go in and, and lose 2-1. For, for me, we've lost the series. So what we need to do is try and, you know, get something out of the third game that's going to put us in a better position for next year's series. When you say uh, in terms of representing, who are you, you're going to get rid of the boom box? Is that what you're saying, Ryan Girdler? Is it gone? Oh, well, I mean, I think it needs to go. I think I've seen enough of the boombox there. Yeah, I think there's probably a lot of people and a lot of, probably a lot of people in camp as well. Uh, I mean, that environment's been created by the people that went before us, you know, and everyone there individually needs to prepare themselves to do their best. And I'm just not sure whether that's been taken into consideration with some of the carry-on that I see come out of the bus and the camp and whatever it may be. I know I wouldn't have liked that environment, and I'm sure there's some players and probably some staff there that chew down on it because it's happening, but they probably walk away and go, you know, I've I've had about enough of that. So I would try and change that environment. If I was going in as, you know, in some sort of... Yeah, thing. me personally, I hate loud music on a bus. It's, it's annoying. But the, the other thing is is you ca- you got to make sure that the environment that the players are bringing from their club doesn't change, you know, the state of origin environment. I think they're two separate things there. So at the moment there, if you were to look on social media, what you'd see is probably it looks like Penrith, right? Yep. They've yeah. brought in their boombox, yep. they've yeah. brought in their style, they've brought, in their, they've brought all that in. But not everyone's on board with that. And I think that they need to get back to what's important to them. And I think humility is a great word, right? And there's probably a bit of carry-on, but that's for them to sort out. But is that us just being curmudgeonly old fogies? I, I, I think mean, it is to an extent, Tone. I think Jim, Jerome Law is a really, has a lot of humility as a person. I mean, you look at Jerome's background, what he's been through in his life. Um, was it was Without his father for a long time, his father went to prison Um you know, at times during his life, they, they struggle to put food on the table. Um, no microwave, no washing machine. Um, you can't help but be humble when, you bring, when you're brought up in that sort of environment. And okay, he's a loud guy who, you know, he has the boombox. He's in charge of the boombox. I don't like the boombox either because you know what's really annoying? What's when you're trying to do an interview and, and there's a boombox yeah. turned up, it drives me <laughs> insane. <laughs> And, and I could understand why that, you're right, that might annoy some blokes in camp. I don't know if it does, but maybe maybe it would. But, you know, yeah. I think Jerome, look, I don't like everything he does. I'm not, but I think what's happened to him this week's been a bit. So tell us what's happened to him. So no one's condoning what happened to him this week, yeah. really. That's but but I, do I don't mind his reaction to it either. I mean, he wasn't, yeah. he wasn't, every, you know, you can't. So people, he was attacked on social media. He was media. attacked on social media after the game. Um, there's talk of death threats. I mean, I personally went through his messages and, there were people telling him to kill himself and, um, yeah, it was pretty horrendous stuff. And you can say he should just shut down his comments, but he shouldn't have to shut down his comments. No. You know, he, the, the, he intera- that's one way he interacts with people and interacts with young fans and that sort of thing. He shouldn't have to shut down his comments. That shouldn't 
we, we shouldn't live in a society where you have to. Um, and, you know, he responded to that by posting an image mm. of himself sitting at Suncorp Stadium and said something, I can't remember, it said, said something chill. like, chill, um, you know, you guys have got to work tomorrow. And people took that as a him having a shot on, I guess, the uh, the working man and people who who go, go you know, mm. have to have to get up tomorrow morning and go to go to yep. a job while he's a, a footballer who earns a lot of money and, and you know doesn't yep. have to. And I don't that wasn't his I don't think that was his intention. Um, you know, he was just having a shot back at the guys who had shot at him. Um, and you know, as I said, I mean that's a guy who I'm sure appreciates the value of hard work because he's seen what his family's so no been No one's saying that he doesn't. Really? The other thing well, is... Well, that's how it was know, taken by some people, Gerds. They thought, well, thought he was having a yeah, shot well, at people. I mean, well, he called people idiots and... Well, there know, are. It, they were it, idiots who were having yeah, a go well, at him. Well, fair enough, you know. And there's some people out there that probably weren't idiots that thought that they had a right to say what they thought as well that then felt like they were being called idiots. So, but, was, I mean, but they shouldn't have because it wasn't directed at them. Okay. Well, do they know that? But well, the other thing is, do. really, it's, it's also just not, not about the individual. Mm. It's actually about the team performance. Yeah. And if you're a five-eighth and a half-back and a full-back and you're having so much possession in two, in two consecutive games and you can't break down the defence, do you get another go? Because you're not going to get any more opportunities than what you've already had. So what's going to be different about scoring points, you know, in game three if you don't make changes to what happened in game two and game one? But Gertz, they made changes from game one to game two. The attack was was just as bad, maybe worse. Does that not suggest the problem isn't so much the players as the coaching? Well, I would say it's a combination of all of it: the strategy, the playing, the the, the players, the whole bit. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think there the needs to be change. There's the, no doubt about it. Who, whoever's got to own the environment too is the coach because they're the one that sets it. And we we talk about the boom box and whether you agree or not, and it's not that bad, but it doesn't really matter what we think. Mm. If you're one of the guys that's on the bus, that's what matters. Well, the, right? well if you're the, one again, of the guys that comes sheds. Yep. That's what matters, whether what you think about the players that are in your team, what you think about the environment, right? So if there's guys in there that don't agree with the environment or don't agree with the way things are going, they're the ones that got to go out and play there together. And, and, and I would say that, you know, some, when you're a young guy on the bus, some of the biggest lessons you get during Origin is sitting yourself next to some of the guys that have been around for a while and talking about footy and, and, and having those and sharing those experiences are all really part of the origin experience because you've only got a short time to come together. So having a dominant club or a dominant group or whatever it may be can actually be disruptive to the, for, for the, uh, the group, yep. you know, to gel. Yeah, and then certainly it has to be the performance has to come off the back of the impression that you give. I mean, you see the NBA guys coming in and they're they're very yo and all, but they then go out and, and absolutely produce for their squillions of dollars. But it was uh, only an issue when they lost. Yeah. You know, well, they had the boombox two years ago when they won, pretty sure. Well, they had a boombox, I remember, years ago, and Paul Siren <laughs> used to drag it around at training, but it was all country and western. So that, but, says to me the issue, <laughs> that says to me the issue isn't the boombox. Yeah. That <laughs> says to me the issue is something else. Called the the cho- choice of music. Which I think is the way they've been... Look, so they, what do you think the issue is? Well, well, I'm not clearly, saying it's only the boombox. Well, really, clearly their attack's you, been so bad, yeah. like in this series, surely that's a coaching problem. Is it? I, I, it's not a personnel problem because they've changed the personnel. It, it's got to be a coaching issue. Does it not? Am I wrong? I don't, I don't know. know. Anyway. Well, that's probably going to be resolved anyway, isn't it? Yeah. The coaching issue, you would imagine, uh, or changed. So good to have your company. All right, we've been through Origin. Let's go to Perth. The Perth Jets. Mm. Is this a real thing? It's a real thing. Yeah. My um, great mate, Mickey Carrianis, come up with this story mm-hmm. that... Uh, Perth are looking to merge with, well, form a joint venture with the Newtown Jets to um, 
win their way back in the competition. So it would be the rebirth of the Jets. I love it. There's romance. You love it? Yeah, What it's happened to the Bears? It's, it's what happened to the Perth it's, Bears? It's, it's, I don't know, but no, this has got a ring to it. it. I, I reckon it's got a ring to it, mm. the Perth Jets. I like it. Okay. Yeah, I love it. I love we move, we'll put the Bears somewhere else, though. Yeah. yeah. You like, what do you like about the Jets? Oh, I just think the colours, it's an opportunity for them because, you know, they haven't really been spoken about, have they? No. The same way that, that the Bears have. But mm. I, I just think it's an opportunity to keep, you know, a club that's, you know, a foundation club going and... I think that they've been out long enough. The it's romantic. That, yeah, that they can mm. then find like, that new mm. identity over there. Mm. You know, when you, you know, it's got something to do with, you know, it's a long flight over there to Perth, you know, five hours, the Jets. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I like it. It's just, it's got a ring to it. I guess that's the first part of it, Benny, isn't it? When taking away the Jets element is the idea that Perth is the right place yes. for the next expansion. Look, I, I don't necessarily be the next one. I think eventually they'll end up at 20. Okay. I think the next one will be a Pacifica slash Papua New Guinea team because I think that's bears. what... Bears. Pacifica Bears. Potentially the Bears. Oh, they'll go well, yeah, yeah. signing... Yeah. You, you want to go live in Port Moresby? <laughs> no, they, they won't be play, based... I thought they they'll play be, at a Cairns or something. Yeah, they won't, they? No, they'll play games in Port Moresby. They won't be based in Port Moresby. They'll be based okay. in... It depends, yeah, who, they, be depends based, who they yeah. merge with, right? Where, or they have a joint venture with. But they'll be ba- based in Australia and play eight to ten games at, or eight games maybe out of... Papua New Guinea, um, mm. but I, I this like, is when we get to twenty. When we get the, well, the, no, the I Perth. think I think they'll be eighteen. Yeah, and then when we go to twenty, mm-hmm. I think maybe Perth. And I like the idea of Perth awakening um, a latent or sleeping supporter base. I mean, that's the yeah. idea, idea of the Bears, right? Merging with uh, PNG or, or Pacifica because it brings you a, you've you've got an immediate fan base, and that's what would happen mm. with the Jets as well. It would awake awaken all those. Those sleeping Ipswich Jets, Newtown Jets fans. So, yeah. Well, you know, I think I like Henson Park's having some work done to it as well, yes. so they could play a couple of games at yep. beautiful old Henson Park. Well, they post the, don't they post the same crowd every game anyway? <laughs> at Henson Park, <laughs> don't they? Well, because they are still running around, obviously, in yeah. New South Wales Cup, yep. uh, Newtown with Jets, which is wonderful. Yep. And I agree with you, Benny, that seeing that beautiful royal blue jersey with the, uh, the N, I'm obviously not going to have that, mm. but uh, with the Jets, do you think that we, we need to... The, the Perth Jets, or they do Redcliffe style and just be the Dolphins, just be the no, Jets? No, no, I reckon, you know, Perth's a, a great city. Yeah. I think that would be attractive to players um, to go there. So I think the Perth Jets works. It's It's got a ring to it. So mm. it's a great opportunity there. Yeah, I think the same. I think it's got to be Perth Jets, WA Jets, something like that. I, I think, I it's think got Brisbane to... needs another team, you know, eventually. Are they still offering? Weren't the NRL offering um, a club to open up a franchise in Perth and giving them some sort of... So $16 million in no, funding or something? No, I think that's gone off the table, Gerds, that, that, that cash lure, that's gone by the wayside. But I think the okay. WA government's um, pretty supportive of the concept. So I think they're, they're willing to throw some cash now, I believe. So okay. that'll All be right. a good result. Just quickly, Who's well, going to bring back the Glebe Dirty Reds? <laughs> <laughs> Where are we going to put them? They're, they're running around, aren't they, somewhere, the Dirty Reds? <laughs> oh, wow. Well, sure they, they, they can merge into St. George Illawarra. Oh, oh yes. No, that's the Dirty Reds. That's filthy. Dirty Reds. That's filthy at the moment. Uh, all right. While we're on governance and future, the grand final for Sydney 2023, uh, up for grabs in 2024. I thought that announced. This week, but it hasn't been announced yet. Um, it's, but it's in the it's in the wind. Obviously, that they're going to keep the grand final in Sydney uh, next uh, this year, and then they will um, put it up for grabs again. Yeah, in twenty four. So I, I think an announcement's imminent on that front. Right. Was it a preemptive strike from Perth to talk about the Jets so they get the grand final next well, year? Well, maybe, 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 maybe. 
Now go get us over there. Wade Graham uh, has joined us. Uh, ben Teo is about to depart the building before he does it. Wade obviously is a, a state of origin star. Do you kind of kick cans after a defeat like Wednesday? Oh, you certainly feel it for a while. It's disappointing. You put so much effort into it, not just physically, but, you know, mentally and emotionally. Um, you know how much it means to all the people back home in your state. So when you don't get the job done, it can certainly affect you uh, for quite a while. But ultimately, you need to deal with, uh, with, the, after, with the fallout as, as best you can and as quick as you can because um, you, have, you have your club you need to focus on. So all those players, even the highs, the Queensland players, with the buzz, the emotion, to get back to their club and, and recalibrate and put their best foot forward for you know, the guys they go to work with every day. All right, we're going to pick your brain about that and the Ben Hunt situation as well. A buy, third buy, I think, for the Sharks uh, already. Third and final buy. Well done. So do you get off and about, partying? No, well, we, we're into a Thursday game this on, oh, the, on the other side, the Dragons. The oh, Benny... well, you already notched the two points <laughs> up. <laughs> so we actually train on a Sunday, which is always a fun one. Did you say two buys, Tony? <laughs> Back-to-back buys. <laughs> That's a bit cruel, isn't it? That's not very nice. Ben Teo, uh, what are you off to this afternoon? You've got your game tomorrow. Yeah, I've done our preparation this morning, had captain's run, so off to a, a roast at the in-laws. So that might send the shivers through some people's bodies. Oh, wow. But for me, I've got good in-laws, so I'm, I'm excited. Tony Squires, Brent Reed, Wade Graham here. Ryan Girdle will rejoin us uh, in a little while. Wade, oh, welcome. It's great to be here. Okay, two words for you, Ben Hunt. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a bit going on there, isn't oh, there? Isn't there? So the latest is, so we all knew he was seeking this release and he played last night. The question was, is this going to be the last time Ben Hunt pulls on that big red V? What was the news today, Brent Reid? Uh, well, the news t- today is saying that um, the Bronco- Broncos are looking to sign him on a short-term deal for the rest of this year and then he would go to the Gold Coast Titans for the next two years. And obviously that's all contingent on him getting released from the Dragons. He's meeting with Shane Flanagan on Monday. But at the moment, that looks like if he gets the release, that's the most likely outcome. He'll go to the Broncos, finish his season at the Broncos, and then go to the Titans. Well, yeah, and I can tell you, the St. George Illawarra fans will be just thrilled with the idea <laughs> as they sit on the bottom of the table that he would be heading north to play for the team on the top of the table. Well, I would find it incredible if the deal happened so fast. Like, you go, okay, Broncos are keen to take him, and then the Titans deal on the back of that. But there's no doubt, like, the cards are out in the open now. Benny's openly spoke about wanting to go back to Brisbane. He's, he's done his time down here in Sydney, and it's he wants to move back to where he's from in Queensland, which is fine, to be open and honest with that. But yep. the Dragons, you know, they can't walk away from this situation. Even in their head, if they're okay, we're going to release him. They need to have – they need to get a win out of it, whether it's compensation, whether it's players, whether it's – you know, I don't, whatever it is to, you know, appease the fans, as you said, Tony, they yeah. need to mark up a win in the column somewhere. And, you know, the only way I can really see it is, you know, compensation one thing, but players, the, the players, the bolster, the squad, and, you know, ultimately the, the decision's got to come to Shane Flanagan, who he, what players he thinks might bolster the squad. But because he's not in that environment, he hasn't been around that team, he probably doesn't really know yeah, what players he wants to add to the squad. So... Yeah. I, he did work in recruitment there for a bit, though, didn't he? Um, yeah, he did, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you the other worry for him, though. If, if he lets Ben Hunt go, there's rumours of other players who are unhappy, unhappy at that club as well. Um, oh, the Conga Zach line. Lomax, Jaden Sewer, Jack Bird have all, all been mentioned as guys who aren't overly happy. So if you let Ben Hunt go, what messages does that send to the other guys? 
Well, if if you let him go and have a win in the column, yeah. Like if you if you can mark it back, I'm not saying Ben Hunt has to lose, right? He's he's obviously in this situation and he he wants to go to Queensland. So whether it's today or in four weeks or five weeks, six weeks, he, he's going to get end of the season. It's going to happen, right? So yeah. he's going to mark up a win as well. But just purely from a Dragons club perspective, they they need to somehow have a win out of this. Just fine, draw a line in the sand. You want to go? That's okay, but. You know, it's going to go with a couple of um, requirements that require us to be in a good position as well. They they can't lose in this situation. Yeah. I, I can't. I find it. That's why I find it incredible that there's all that's being reported that the deal's like it's done up north already because there's not. I, I can't see how the Dragons have been put in a position where they can tick that win up. Well, it can't. You know, we we spoke with the CEO from the Titans today, who who said that there's been no conversations yeah. whatsoever. So the Juno's jumped again, have they? No, no. I think that's <laughs> Ben Hunt's. That's Ben Hunt's wish. That's what he would like to do. It's the, it's no one said it's done. Oh, They've okay. just said that's what he would like to do. And the Broncos are interested in taking him for the rest of the year. And the Gold Coast are obviously interested in taking him for the next two well, years. So, so those we, things all mesh together. The issue is well, the, the Dragons letting like, him go. Like, where's the mail from the Gold Coast? Because Desi's only just got the job. Mm. So. How has he had enough time to come in and go, oh, yeah, I'm keen on Ben Hunt, but who am I going to move around to accommodate him? Like, he's got a great relationship with Kieran Foran over the years. Yep. Like this is, for me, for it to, to happen so quick, I, I would find it remarkable if it's done any time like, in the next week, two weeks. Well, because Shane Flanagan doesn't meet up again with Ben Hunt until Monday is what we understand. So he's the man who's got to get his head around if Ben Hunt is, as we think and know, he's going to go. What he wants, so you know, you say against Ben, you have to stay for a couple of weeks. We're not going to lose her until we're sorted. I, I, I don't see him being able to talk around Ben Hunt at this stage. Like, yeah. It's with all that's happened in the meantime. So I could only imagine that conversation would go as fine. You know what? Fine. You know when the time's right, and potentially if this is what you really want, we'll make it work for you. But in the meantime, we need to do our homework and we need to scrub up and, and look how how we can improve as well. So unfortunately, you know. This, there's going to be some short. Well, I, I see some short-term pain for the Dragons with, within this situation. Short-term pain. Well, <laughs> short, we've won winning about forty years. Yeah, but again, this is not. This is not a. This is just another feather in the cap, really, with with this situation that's going on. But I, I can't see it being resolved. Well, they've got you know, time because they've got till August seven. That's the cutoff for moving between clubs. Yeah. So they've got six weeks or so to work it out. Um, yeah, I'm sure they'll. Find some resolution that time. Well, they might ask for Payne Haas or Ezra Mam. Well, they should demand something pretty significant. Absolutely, Reese Walsh. But the issue is, <laughs> the issue is he's only going to Brisbane for to win the premiership three months, and then he gets. So who pays the Brisbane or the Gold Coast? The Gold Coast is going to do for two years. Well, that's again it's probably the Gold Coast who pay who stump up again. But that's why I find it so remarkable that we're already reporting on. On what what potentially could happen when there's a, there's a lot of moving parts. That's here. what we do. Well, yeah. yeah, we just yeah, there's a lot of shows <laughs> yeah, about rugby league. Wade, there's throw, a lot of content. Throw there. darts out there. Throw do. darts. Eventually, we'll get something. Accumulate, mate. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's fishing. There's a lot of burly being thrown <laughs> into the water. It's very very important. <laughs> anyway, right. stop bagging the journos. Buzz and Bedell never get it wrong. What are you on about? Yeah. Emma Lawrence is in uh, early today. She said she saw you at some function with a grandfather's yeah. jumper on with the oh, dog oh, hair all over. Yeah, yeah. 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 She's still going on about it. Really? So I must have left an impression. Mate, honestly, <laughs> the carver. I haven't worn that jumper since. I've thrown it out. <laughs> what about, I was a what bit dishevelled. Anyway. What about Origin, Wado? It was the game that was always going to be incredibly difficult. We know history tells us that you don't go to Suncorp Stadium having lost the first game. 
uh, to save the series there for New South Wales, and they didn't like look likely. And obviously, Turbo going down very quickly didn't help. Yeah, it's, it's again just backing up what you said. Is that they're always up against it, the Blues, and number of injury uh, injuries sort of in the camp again. Latrell ruled out, um, and then Tommy going down. You know, in the, in the first couple of minutes, certainly through some spinners in the works, um, but. Queensland were were very dominant. Again, we had um, you know not a lot. I wouldn't say a lot of opportunities, but you know a lot of decent field position, and we're well and truly in the game for 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 big parts of it. But you know, to Queensland's credit, we just couldn't crack their defence. So um, it's it's disappointing um, as a, as a New South Wales Blues fan, uh, and we're all feeling the pain at the moment. You can feel the frustration and the disappointment. Um, you know, all throughout the state. So it's a big job to try and uh, scramble together and, and finish off, you know, the Origin Series down in uh, down here in Sydney, playing in a dead rubber, you know, staring in the barrel of, you know, a whitewash. We, we certainly don't want that. But I think um, in the bigger scheme of things, in the bigger picture, we, we need to get um, – we need to get a couple of things moving in the right direction. We're off track a little bit at the moment, yep. I, th- I feel, and I heard Gerd's comment before. There's a bit of a disconnect between, you know, the, the players and the team and, and how this, the New South Wales fans and supporters feel towards uh, how things are going at the moment. So at the top of my list, heading in the game three, win, put win or loss to the side, it would be, um, you know, working on that connection and working on, you know, bringing bringing the New South Wales fans and supporters back along in that journey, closer into that journey, and and starting to get this train back on track. Is there a coach you see the logical guy for you, Wado, to come in and? Oh, I'm not going to speak about coaching and that whatnot. I've been under Freddie as a coach. We won a series under Freddie, so I'm you know, I'm still a current player, and and I'm not going to you know speak about someone else's job. Uh, when he still has that job, I just think, you know, there's no, there's no doubt that the tone and the way that the Blues have presented in the last couple of um, games and weeks is has changed a lot in the last few years. It used to be, you know, all in media, open, um, put a smile on your face, talk to everyone, address everyone because you're, you're talking to your fans, you're talking to your supporters. Put the put the media person away who's asking you questions. You're not talking to them. You're talking to your supporters. And you're talking to your fans, and I just feel like, you know, over the last couple of um, camps, it, it just that that hasn't been the tone coming out of from yep. the guys, and I and I feel like that's you can feel that as a, as a fan, as a supporter, and it's it's hard to, you know, when the results don't go your way to really go into bat and go into fight for your team because you're feeling a little bit shut out and you, and you're not feeling that connection, and then and then the results don't go our way or, or things don't happen how we expect on the field, so. That that gap that 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 we're feeling at the moment that would be at the top of my list um, heading into game three to, to try and start to mend that gap, um, it, and you know the result is on the you know on the on secondary to that. Because I, I guess that's the thing for this last game. Did they go in? Well, you know what? We're just going to we'll clean wipe here. We're going to think about next year. Basically, we set set ourselves up. Or is it that Freddie is going? I want to win this game. I yeah, well, it's, it's, it's a bit of both. It's a bit of both. Like, you need to sort of certainly – there's going to be a, a review of all things done yeah. in, in game one and game two because at the moment we just haven't – we haven't really been close, to no. be honest. So there needs to be some level of the change, whether that's, you know, like team selection or the way the camps are run or how things are being presented. 
I don't know, or it could be a combination of all all those things. But I don't think it's a complete just rip out the page of the team and bring in, you know, 17 new guys. I think there's an opportunity to obviously look to the future if there's guys who are really knocking on the door, knocking down the door close yeah. to the opportunity. Again, like, obviously he's my teammate, Nico Hines. Yeah. He, he springs yeah. to mind like, yeah. Yeah. straight away for me. It's like, well, he was so close in game one, whether he was in or he's out. You know, got pipped for the combination, which is fair enough. We can understand that. But then he's left out of game two. But, you know, here's an opportunity for him. Let, let's see what he can, well, let's see what he can do with the six jersey on his back. Like, with 80 minutes under his belt, a whole camp preparing as a six. For me, that's, you know, an opportunity to look at. And and there's a couple across the board too. I know Turbo's out for long term. So Campbell Graham's been knocking on the door. He, he springs to mind for, for sure because he can play center wing. And he's definitely you know, potentially there for a while, looking into the future. And, you know, those sort of decisions might be littered throughout the team, so they, there might be some changes there. And and then obviously around the lead-up, the preparation, the camp, how things are dealt with, it, there needs to be a, a shift. Reedy, Ryan Gerdlawaita, Tony Squires with you, just getting over Gerd, showing us his guns. <laughs> What's yeah, what what guns going out. on? The triceps. I don't know. I'm just, and the, and the bias. Nice and warm. The bicep is very good. <laughs> oh, the bias are a little, yeah. The bias, yeah. I think they're. What's your regime, bud? What have you been um, doing? I don't really. Oh, just bits and pieces. Mm. I do. I don't mind a push up. Oh, God. I don't God. mind just bouncing it, bouncing on the floor every now and again and throwing out a couple of push ups. Usually the girls try to sit on the back as well. So, oh, wow. A bit of extra weight. But oh, that's like back in your clubbing days. Yeah, that's about <laughs> it. I don't, I don't go to a gym or anything. I'm not a gym guy. <laughs> You're not yeah. a gym guy? No, I'm definitely not a gym guy. Right, Just have... whatever I can do around the house. Chop some wood. You know, <laughs> oh, that sort of stuff. God. <laughs> it's like, what an idyllic lifestyle he leads. And he gets to sit in commentary uh, next to the king. What's I mean, running yeah, off the king. That's, that's pretty amazing. That's so good. Yeah. I, like, we're so lucky to have him. Um, and, yeah, he just rides absolutely every play. He's very one-eyed, though, I will say. Like, really? I always try and be impartial oh, yeah. when we go into Origin uh, You're calls, Peter Sterling to his Fatty Borton. <laughs> I just have to stand up for New South Wales because he's just so one-eyed. It's not funny. Really? Uh, yeah. A flat, that well, was you wouldn't a flat expect anything else from the king, right? Yeah. There were flat passes, the ones that went three metres forward, weren't they? <laughs> no, that's right. <laughs> it's time for a little bit of this action. All right, the talk has been out of origin, of course. Uh, terrible news for uh, Tommy Turbo. Now, what can Manly do, given that he's gone for the season? Yeah, well, Manly Ball has already started the process of trying to get salary cap dispensation for Tommy. Uh, they will get that because he got injured in a rep game. He'll miss more than 12 weeks. So I, I imagine they get about $300,000 that they can now go to market and, um, and, and purchase a replacement. It's got to be a like-for-like player. I think Tommy will be classified as an outside back, so they've got to go. They've got $300,000. <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> excuse me. He's pressing the cough button. Yeah. Wonder if, um, it's too late. I mean, you've done two coughs straight into the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, pick up, I'll pick up the conversation. Yeah, I wonder good. if Roger Tuovasa-Shek might come in. They have yes. reached out to his um, management, Roger Tuovasa. Shex management. Um, it's it's unlikely. Uh, he's still contracted over there. He's obviously ca- coming back to the Warriors next year, but they have reached, reached out to uh, Rogers management um, to see whether there would be interest there. Um, there's some other guys around. Love to see that. Dane Laurie, who can't get a start at the moment, the West Tigers. Um, the Tigers have told him he's free to go, so uh, he might be someone they're interested in. Yeah, but yeah they've okay. reached out to Roger and 
Uh, they're waiting to hear back, back as to whether it's feasible. So Rogers, he's not been picked in the World Cup squad no. for the All Blacks. And what's interesting about Roger is there's been a notional value put on him by the NRL. Yeah. Um, depending on the amount of games he plays, I think it's about $25,000 a game. Well, mainly we've got $300,000, so they can fit Roger in. So that, that could happen if Roger was interested in coming back and could get a release from, from New Zealand rugby. All right. Mm. Is there a like-for-like like in the Ben Hunts that's in the Dragons? <laughs> it's not an injury time. You don't get dispensation. Sorry, mate. Oh, it's all just conspiring against us. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, speaking of coaches, Jason Dimitriou, who's doing a terrific job mm. at the Bunnies. What's happening there? Yeah, big news there, Tony. He's on the verge of a contract extension with the Rabbitohs. Um, a bit of talks for a little bit of time with Jason about trying to extend him out. He's got uh, his deals up at the end of next year. Uh, I believe they've upgraded him next year, and he's got another two years on top of that. So he'll be at South till the end of 2026. So that's big for Jace. He's, he's done a great job yeah. since he's taken over from Wayne down uh, at South Sydney. Well, speaking of South Sydney, now what is the Latrell Mitchell story? Because yeah. it was, the, you know, was it a captain's run or a Sunday training session, whatever it was, where that calf muscle and he missed out on the first. We thought then he was going to yeah. be right for the, the second and he right for South Sydney. Well, when's he coming back? Yeah, you can scrub him for origin because J- J- JD's announced this morning he'll be out for another month. So he won't be back to around 21 Latrell. So that's a big blow. Uh, for South, big blow for New South Wales because I would have thought he'd have walked straight back into that or limped straight back into that team. But um, now yeah, he won't th- be there at all. They can be tricky calves. It just um, depends whereabouts the strain is. And then if he hasn't done one before, they can be quite finicky. And some areas you need to be extra cautious of because, you know, there's a high, high chance of recurrence if you don't, don't get it quite right. And yep. obviously South have big designs in the back mm. end of the season. So... They're going all right, sitting all right on the on the competition table. So they'd be taking it very, very easy to make sure, you know, obviously Latrell, their star, is set for a big back end of the year. They can't have this, you know, they think he's right. Yeah. He goes out there, reoccurs, and all of a sudden he misses another four four weeks with it. So I think mm. it's, it's the right approach. And I, I imagine that might have may have repercussions for men because Blake Taft's another guy who's – uh, not getting a game gen- generally at South. He's, I think he's off contract at the end of the year, so he might have been a player Manly looked to uh, to use that Tommy Trevojevic money on, but South will not let him go while Latrell Mitchell has calf injuries. So. That kind of confusion around them, though, isn't it? I mean, it's like a hamstring. You, it gets graded and you kind of know what level mm. it is. Is it the same with a calf muscle or not? They just, it's I've a, done a both niggle. my calves, Tone. Have you? Don't come back too early from a calf injury. <laughs> Did I'll go on you, yeah. Both simultaneously or separately? No, it was separate occasions. Oh. I've done the left one about three times, actually. There, yeah. there is gradings, but it just depends if it, you know, I'm not an expert on it, but if it, if it's in a certain part of the calf, I think where there's ligaments that are attaching, it's in, it can actually be really, really slow to progress. Yeah. So you, you might think you're getting better and, you know, try and push your rehab a little bit, but it's sort of, you know, one step forward, two steps back, or two steps forward, one step back, and it, yeah. they can be quite finicky. So Nico Hines had a similar thing. Um, at the start of this year, he missed most of the preseason and then missed the start of the year because of it. Yep. And we had to take that time out just so, you know, he got it right. It's an old man and injury, calf. That, yeah, that, and, that and it's Achilles. also, it's an interesting muscle tone. I, I did mine and then came back a couple of weeks um, after it just trying to push um, to play a, to play a game before we were on tour and a test in, in, in the UK. Um, and you can do the calf just like by changing direction. It's not like a hamstring where you need to be sort of at a certain speed to really put it under pressure. With a calf, I was just sort of running back on side at absolutely no speed, just stopped to then, you know, um, get back and get in the line uh, and change direction, and it just popped. So that's the danger with the yeah. calves. You can't put any sort of load on them uh, because it can go with any different sort of running or any different sort of technique can 
Wow. Can uh, give you issues. I ruptured my Achilles tendon and I was walking, but I was thinking of running. But it, it <laughs> just went. Just, just <laughs> went. Old suspicion. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. What about uh, the great man Tyson Frizzell and yes. the Knights? Is he destined to stay? Or what? Yeah, look, the Knights had further talks with Tyson's camp on Thursday. Um, they're getting more and more optimistic that he will stay. Stay. He'll take up that contract extension. Uh, the West Tigers have obviously obviously uh, spoken to him, Benji Marshall spoken to him personally. Uh, there's been talk about the Bulldogs, but the Knights are pretty confident he might stay. Um, they expect a, a resolution pretty soon. All right. you. Uh, I think you've been publishing the Rich, rich List. list. Coming out through. tomorrow, Tone, the okay. Rich List. All right. Uh, top, the game's top 102 paid, 102 highest paid players. Why 102? Uh, What's the two Well, it's for? a couple of blokes at the end who we, we've got on about the same money, so we just you know, we extended it to 102 rather than 100. I'll tell you what, I won't be troubling that 102 at least, that's for sure anymore. <laughs> you did back in the good old days. Yeah, back in the day, I might have, but not anymore. Yeah, but there's some interesting guys who missed out, actually. Guys like Reese Walsh and Ruben Cotter, who uh, Reese obviously took a pay cut or he took less money to go to Brisbane when he came back, so he's still on a contract that um, doesn't get him on the list. And Ruben Cotter, the Cowboys actually extended him when he had some re- really serious injuries, uh, and he's still on that old deal, so... Uh, neither of those guys are on it. And we got an interesting number one, new number one this year. New number one? New number one. Was Nathan Cleary last year? I can't tell you who it is this year. I'm going I'm to tip. Okay. It's a fullback. Mm, okay. No it, answer from you. I can't say. I can't say, no. All right. You, you've no. already With published. With headgear? With headgear. With headgear. We've already, you already published the non-playing rich list. Yeah, we had a non-playing rich list. Um, yeah, we came out the other day. And Andrew Abdo was the highest paid on the non-paying, Did, non-playing they, rich list. Are these people upset? That their wages are being, you know, published for all to, to have a look at? Well, I don't, don't know. I haven't, I haven't asked them. Have you published yours? I'm happy to publish mine if you want it. Okay. got a lot of people I get paid by, though. It's tough to add it all up to. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Believe it or not. Simple operation. Here we go. Uh, believe it or not, the NRL should scrap the men's origin three. It means nothing, obviously. And replace it with the women's origin decider, given they played two games, obviously. It was decided only on points for and against and the combination of the two games. Believe it or not, Reedy. I think they should have a women's origin decider, mm-hmm. but I don't think origin three should be scrapped. So I half believe it. Okay. Half. Is that, do I? No, no, that, that, that's yeah. fair enough. That's no, you've got to have origin three, men's origin. The broadcast's already paid for it. You can't scrap origin how many three. People, how many people will turn up to a course They've stadium? sold, last I checked, I think they'd sold over 65,000 that was tickets. That, but that was before I'm gonna origin buy, I'm going to buy one and go for sure. <laughs> Are you? Definitely. Good on your way. Good on you. You're going to pay for it. I'm going to pay for Are it. Are you really going to pay for it? No, I'm going to pay for it. I'm going to go there and support the boys. I might take my kids with me too, my boys. Wow, that is good. Look at him. He's already just shopping around for tickets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I'll buy it. I'll buy it. All right. So yeah. you, the, you're not scrapping the Origin 3 to replace it with the Women's Origin to No, nah, but I, I agree with Reedy for once, actually. I think there should be a... I think there should be a women's decider. And I don't actually mind the concept of... I know the women have standalone... You know, they want standalone origins, which is fine, and they did a tremendous job uh, in the first two games. I think thirteen thousand at Combank and then eighteen thousand, yeah, up in North Queensland. But I just think moving forward, potentially, you know, how often like Origin does go to the siders, have the w- women's and men on the same night, two deciders, yeah, on a night. So standalone for 
games one and two, but then bring it together for game three. It's not a bad idea. Yeah, well, absolutely. It was Good a terrific idea. win for New South Wales uh, the other night. And that game, the quality had lifted because they hadn't played a lot of footy before Origin 1 uh, in the women's game. But uh, it was terrific. Uh, Gerds, are you scrapping the men's? You, to... you, you can't scrap uh, Origin 3 tone, but it's played in New South Wales. You can only scrap the last Origin if it's a dead rubber if you take the concept back to Queensland and New South Wales. But you can't have... One in Adelaide, one in Queensland, and then not give the people of New South Wales an origin. Makes no sense. Um, what are we giving them a chance to just go there and feel bitter and twisted? <laughs> yeah, well, people Watch still love Queensland it. Lift it. That's always the way, isn't it? You will get to see Queensland hold the trophy mm. aloft. I'd also like to see the women's play uh, their origin, the women play their origin in their season at the back end of the year. Yeah. As opposed to now, which is their off season, because you could see in the first game with so many errors that they obviously just weren't didn't have their rhythm, yeah. hadn't been playing week to week. So I think it would be a better spectacle, even better spectacle if they play it uh, at the back end of their season. Believe it or not, Tommy Trebojevich owes it to Manly to rule himself out of origin in 2004, Wade Graham. 24. 2024. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Willie. He was out in 2004 was, from memory. Yes. <laughs> I, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I think um, no doubt his the trouble he's had it with injuries and, he, and his body over the last couple of seasons, you know, maybe rubbing a little thin on, you know, Manly and the supporters, how much he means to that team. But I think he's too young to be making a hard and fast decision like this on, on, in rep footy. I know it only says 2024, but if you start it. Yeah start the trend, it, it tends to carry on. So, you know, I, I think you always sometimes see players go through a, like a, a, a role of injuries. I remember, remember JT at the start of his career, um, Benji Marshall at the start of his career. You know, even I had, a, I had a majority of, you know, good luck in the start of my career but then got a heap of injuries late. And you just seem to have this patch where you do, you know, call it unlucky or a streak or whatever where you, where you spend some time on and off the park and, you know, I'm hoping certainly as a footy fan, you know, that this is the last and this is the end of Tommy's luck. He's going to miss the rest of this season, have an opportunity to have a rest, get a full pre-season under his belt. So fingers crossed he starts next season on fire, has no hiccups and then come origin time, he's fit and fine and ready to go. You're so logical. I love it. I don't don't believe it. I don't believe it. I mean, most of his injuries have occurred in club footy anyway rather than origin. So, um, no, I, I don't think. I don't think that's fair, fair on Tommy. I think he's got a lot of origin footy left in him. Goods? Yeah, I, I would hate to see it. I do understand, though, that, um, you know, if there's soft tissue injuries or whatever that they may be and playing, you know, games back-to-back the way that you need to with origin and the preparation and then coming out of a game and then trying to back up and play for your club, it's very demanding on the players. And maybe that's something that the club and Tommy need to take into consideration when they sort of schedule... Um, their 24 season, maybe he just can't do both. But what sort of compensation then or what sort of agreement can – or what a Manly get out of that situation? Yeah. We've yep. seen him been able to get compensation for the back end of this year potentially, but what is it for next year if they were to say, well, you know and, – and, and a lot of clubs would probably be looking for the same thing. They probably want it. Like Penrith are resting, you know, what, all of their They're origin probably, yep. players today. Yeah. So not every club's in a position to do that on the table. They're scrapping for a win. They're trying to make the eight, and they feel like they're going to. They need to rest their Origin players, otherwise they might get injured. It's um, it's something that Wade probably needs to address there with his um, RLPA. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Triple M Footy lives on listener. Thanks to McDonald's and Ream Hot Water.